If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast, and it's free. There are tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, and I took a while to do this, but once I did it, I'm very satisfied. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Cheers, good juice. Good morning, America. This is the Minority Wine Report, and this is the podcast, Wine in Black and White. I'm here in Stellenbosch, South Africa, at Talima Mountain Winery, and this has been an incredible journey going through Stellenbosch in South Africa and tasting the fine wines here. And we're going to um, examine some of the really good wines from uh, Talima, and we're also gonna have a conversation with the winemaker that's been here for over 20 years, Rudy Schultz. And it should be a very good uh, segment. And as we go forward, I will put together all the South African segments at the end of the day, after I arrive back in America. And it should be a very, very enjoyable podcast on the wines of South Africa. Okay, so we're resuming our conversation with the head winemaker at Talima Mountain Vineyards, uh, Rudy Schultz, and he's going to give us a little uh, background on Talima. Good, yeah, welcome. Um, so it's a family-owned property. Mm-hmm. We're uh, on top of the Hillsworth to Pass, about 10 kilometers outside Stellenbosch, um, comfortably stuck up against the Simonsburg Mountain. And um, you know, as a reference, uh, we're right next door, to, the car is right next door to us. We're kind of slightly above them. And um, yeah, we it's a family estate. We've been making wine for 30 odd years. And um, we're uh, planted uh, about 50 hectares currently. And uh, we have a, an assortment of grape varietals planted, Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay, um, all the Bordeaux varietals. And um, yeah, I've got some interesting examples. What I'm going to do today is show you guys um, some age comparisons where we have uh, uh, some wines and we look at the same kind of vineyards 10, 10 years later, maybe, and um, do those comparisons. I've got an example of our Elgin vineyards. I'm going to show you a Chardonnay, which is um, a standout varietal from that property. And it, um, yeah, property bought in 2002, and that's uh, under full production currently separate brands, uh, brand standing on its own, and yeah, that's a uh, good Okay, give us a little uh, background on your, your winemaking now, and what type of philosophy you kind of have sure. followed. Um, as you mentioned, I'm kind of heading to my 20th vintage next year, and um, right from the beginning it was it was kind of drummed into me pretty much uh, by the owners of the um, we just custodians of this property and we the bottom line is to to get each vineyard to express itself uniquely um, soil microclimate what's going on underground what's going on in the bunch zones and the fruit zones um, and then to try and almost as a jigsaw put together those pieces and 
in an individual bottling or a single bottling and um, reflect this piece of land we're sitting on. Okay. And um, minimal intervention, I mean it's probably a cliche but it, it is the case here. Um, we don't add acid when we don't pour, we virtually never add acid. Um, no yeasts at this stage um, and very little extraction, you know, we've, we've um, don't do too much moving of the grapes once it's fermenting. So as natural as possible, just let it do, let it do its own thing. And um, you know, as I say, we minimal intervention, but we you know we, we are conscious of our, of our environment, so we, we we farm it really sustainably. We're not an organic registered property, but but uh, we our practices and our protocols are uh, possibly more organic than some registered organisations. And um, just keep it simple, clean, respect the environment. Okay. All right, very good. You wanna we wanna start uh, maybe examining uh, what you got here. So our first uh, two wines. It's going to be a comparison of Chardonnays from Sutherland, which is our Elgin vineyard. And Elgin is within Stellenbosch, or it's about 80 kilometers as the crow flies. So okay. um, Cape Town head north in the N2, mm -hmm. head south in the N2, basically. And, um, apple growing region. It's it's actually a mountain. Uh, it's a valley on top of a mountain, essentially. Um, so at altitude, it's nice and cool climate, so it's great for growing fruit. And um, there, in the early or late, I'd say 90s already, some um, apple farmers have started planting vineyards there. And, mm -hmm. uh, it's actually got a history of grape growing that goes way beyond that. And um, so, so, so this is a. I just thought it would be an interesting comparison. So 2008 is um, pretty much the second vintage of this wine we would have made. Okay. Um, oh, okay. okay. You can see a total change in branding, um, artwork, you know, the whole, whole mm -hmm. offering's been... But, you know, as I said, a variety that ex does extremely well in, in that area and um, has aged extremely well. So, um, you, can, you, can write, you can look at this first wine. You can see the egg, the color has the colors, is a, yeah. The colors are the biggest indicator. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, I think the wine is still very intact and um, it's in very good condition at the moment still. And also, America, it's it's in screw cap also. So speak to that a little bit. What, what do you, you well, guys have a philosophy on screw cap we, as as far as court? Well, we do. Um, you know, this is also the first vintage we we started using screw cap and. Um, around the world everybody all, all the wine producing regions and producers time to time encounter cork tank comes with corks and and we, we got to a point where we deemed it necessary to, to try something else because we we had too much of a problem with cork tank so um, we have two screw caps okay. and I'm um, extremely happy you know this is probably the saving grace one of the saving graces of this wine the fact that it's under screw cap um, interesting is this got a little pin line on the inside. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that is very um, impervious to oxygen. So you mm -hmm. get a very, very slow rate of transfer and it essentially delays the aging of the wine. So you know, I think if this same wine was under cork, it would be looking, be looking like this. Be a bit dark. Much more caramel color. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And talk a little bit about the winemaking process. Um, so this. not much has changed between these two. Um, you know, these are obviously much younger vineyards at the time, mm -hmm. but we, 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 don't, we try not to, we, our philosophy is not to make those big extracted jam or buttery kind of chardonnays. And you'll see a slow progression from this wine to that one mm -hmm. as we've moved away from too much new oak, you know, in my opinion, where you only do about 25% uh, 
new oak, so it's all barrel fermented. Um, spends about 10 months in barrel. And um, we don't pick it too rough either. I mean, we, we're looking for about 13, 13.5% alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, 2018, the second one is our current vintage. And uh, yeah, we're very happy with it. I think it's a, it's a varietal that is, is doing exceptionally well in that region. So both these wines, exact same production method, same yeasts that we started using. Um, yeah. It's very lean. Um, I would say it's made more in the um, more in the Burgundian style of wine. Is that is that kind of what you guys are looking for? That type of style? It's exactly it. Um, we um, we didn't want to follow that um, kind of ripe country style. Um, we we. We've always been admirers of the kind of the Burgundian style of Chardonnay, and um, you know it's also been a learning curve. You've you get to know your vineyards over time. You, your picking dates are very important. Mm -hmm. um, you pick two days later, and you get a totally different style of wine. Um, and we also got to control that secondary fermentation, that malolactic. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, too much of that leads you down the wrong way. One thing about this property is you get very very good acidities, natural mm -hmm. acidities, and that. Uh, often inhibits your, your malolactic fermentation, so you've got to try and promote that to a degree sometimes to get that richness. And what type of a, a French oak for a little bit part of the time? We so it's all um, French oak, mm -hmm. of which 25% uh, is new. Okay. It spends nine to ten months in oak, and uh, we every fortnight we come in with a little tool and we stir up the dead yeast cells, mm -hmm. um, batonage, but, uh, yes, batonage, and um, and impart some richness. <coughs> So, yeah, this is a good example. It's a very good vintage for us. Now, I know you do, I, I think I've seen a, a different Chardonnay also. I mean, one with like a green label on it that you make? Yeah. So, so that Chardonnay is from, from Stellenbosch. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I haven't got that yet. We no, but that's, we it, but, yeah, I know. But um, yeah, so was, that is, that is, that's also an interesting wine to taste. Um, quite a different climate. The only reason I only reason I say that that's the Chardonnay that's like in the American market. That, that would be that was originally in the American market. Yeah. Okay. We're still we're still selling it into the U.S. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. I got you. Okay. Very good. Uh, we're gonna take a slight break right now, but we'll be right back. Okay. So as we continue our conversation with uh, Rudy Schultz, the head winemaker at Talima Winery here in Stellenbosch, South Africa, and in front of us now, he's gonna tell us a little bit about. Uh, the grape that died, but now it's making a comeback, Merlot, the 2010 and the 2016. Rudy. Yeah, so I thought we'd, um, to be honest, we were a little bit nervous about showing the Merlots. Um, <laughs> teach its sideways history. Um, but yeah, we it's, too, it's a varietal that does extremely well with us. And um, it is probably our best-selling uh, retail wine. Um, extremely popular restaurants and eateries. Um, we've got a 2010, the first first wine. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, it was a great vintage for us. So, and um, the Merlot has been uh, uh, identified sometimes as a writer that doesn't age extremely well. So I just thought to pull out a, a kind of a, a slightly older one, and um, it's a good example of how they do age. Um, both these wines are the production method again is, is, is very straightforward and, and I would say almost identical. We, um, we try Mine's not to get... nice and soft. Yeah, the yeah, Merlots, <laughs> the Merlots are um, kind of, I wouldn't say easy to work with, but they, you know, they, they, they're, they're known as fruit forward plush wines, but um, 
they're quite tricky to make, you can get it wrong. The Yeah, the 2010 is showing beautiful. I mean, it has Ooh, great uh, yeah. that um, the plum type of um, blueberry is uh, middle. I mean, the fruit's still very present there with good acidity. And the only thing it proves is that you made a pretty good wine back, th back then. Yeah, as I said, 2010 was a, was a good one. Okay. And um, it helps. Uh, you're right, this, nice, is, this is a nice, nice touch. Yeah. There's nothing nasty. I mean, Merlot, Merlot can can be tricky one to wake, be edgy, a little bit green maybe, but this is, this is a good example of it, what it could be, I think. Are you conscious of what, what the alcohol level you want in your wines? We are, and, and um, you know, coming back to the Merlot, it's, it's, it's one of those varietals which um, seems to generate, or alcohol gets generated quite, quite easily in its fermentation. An example is if you pick uh, Cabernet and Merlot at exactly the same sugar levels and use the same yeast, you, you find we get more Merlot, more alcohol being produced in Merlot. So I never want to go over 14.5 alcohol. Um, mm -hmm. 14 I wouldn't say a rule, but it's just kind of almost a soft, sweet spot for us. And all our red wines, actually. You know, almost at 16 is a little too young to drink now, where the 10 is ready. You yeah, know, yeah. that's what it. That's kind of what it tastes like to me there's right now. Yeah, there's an interesting story behind this tin. We um, okay. we actually came across a pallet that we'd put away for a customer, and it didn't didn't sell, and we it stuck behind something. We kind of rediscovered it, yeah, and uh, we're quite happy to find it again. So, but but it's a very popular wine. So we you know, nowadays you don't the market demands the wine, and you're going to produce it. So 16 is our current vintage. Um, Probably rolling over to 17 quite soon. Uh, so, um, what would be somewhat of the average price of this wine in the U.S. market, if you have an idea? I know this would be, I would say, be probably retailing at about 35 to 40. Okay. Uh, okay. All right, very good. Uh, let you, you you ready to move on? You want to move on to? What do we got? Yeah, we got some Cabernets. We got Cabernets. We got 07 and 2016. So, was 07 a great year here? 07 was a very good vintage press and um, had a very elegant wine, almost like a feminine style of wine, mm -hmm. soft, plush. Um, and wines that aged extremely well. Um, depending where you were producing wine in South Africa, we, we had kind of a relatively cool climate or cool, cooler vintage. We'll start off with a 07. Well, okay, so what's technically the, the the term that most people are using for the climate here in uh, Stellenbosch? Traditionally Mediterranean. Okay. Um, but I think uh, with kind of global warming and all that, we, 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 we definitely... We heading, Don't tell we, Trump that. We're heading, we're heading into um, kind of southern Spain and Portugal, maybe. We're not, we're not Mediterranean anymore. Um, it's getting more on the it's, warmer side. It's getting the warmer and the rain rainfall's decreasing. We had a good rainfall. We did. It's almost this 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 season was almost a, a bit of an anomaly in the in the, in the ten year yeah. picture. Yeah, we've, we've kind of had a long covered, longish drought. So. It covered nicely. Um, this is a previous year. <laughs> yeah, so Don't get them confused. Are you confusing? With no, no, no. Well, this is a this is a seventeen. Sixteen. Sixteen. That's a sixteen. You this should is... pick it up on the, on the colors here as well. Yeah, you can tell by the color. It looks good. Yeah. Gotcha. I just came back from a trip to Spain and Italy, and um, they're extremely worried about climate change. Um, I think it's almost more 
um, amplified or felt yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, and, and also okay, that, that, okay. that the legislation in certain areas where you can't just irrigate at any time of the year, whenever you want. So uh, that's that's the second uh, issue they have. Could talk to your boy in uh, Washington. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. So um, talk to us about 2007. Um, so, Salima so, Cabernet. Yeah, so maybe just on Cabernet, it's 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 probably our it is our leading varietal um, red. It's um, we've we've well known for it. We've done extremely well with it from the beginning. Um, we've increasing our plantings significantly. Um, so it's a wine that really reflects our farm well, and um, this is quite a serious wine. It it um, wow. spends 18 months in oak. And um, up to 50% of that is, is new French, new French oak. This is 2007. Kind of once again, it's quite European. We we across the range in our wines, we we tend to get more European than New World. Almost um, we're quite far away from what the Australian climate's giving them, and we're stuck in between almost. Uh, it's quite a nice place to be. So are we talking 100% Cabernet, or are we yeah, these, throwing a little bit would, of... This would have been 100% of 2007. Mm -hmm. And then we've got some, um, and the later boxing, some Petit Vidot starts creeping into our mm -hmm. blends. Um, this would be about 15% Petit in the, in the 2016. Needs another. Mm. Needs to, beautiful wine. Yeah. I, I, you know, I get a little bit of the, the notes of, um, you know, um, maybe uh, I don't know if it's if it'd be maybe technical, but maybe some violet almost Absolutely. notes in there. Yeah, yeah. violet is um, something that the violet aromatic mm -hmm. aroma is is very common. Okay. Um, we also get a bit of a cedar cedar box. Mm -hmm. cedar yeah, wood. exactly. Yeah. Um, and blackcurrant. Mm-hmm. I think the twenty the two thousand seven is is the fruits really popping through nicely. It's almost a cassis mm -hmm. sweetness. Yeah, the 2007 is. You know, I that was your current vintage. So, um, since we're on, the, on vintages, um, go back maybe from 2007 to the present. Was there one, two, three, or four that was some of the favorite? In South Africa, that yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we we actually blessed with how consistent our climate is. Mm -hmm. um, and we do have, you know, we more have a bigger. We in Europe, for example, uh, the vagaries of their vintages are hail, ice, and, and low temperatures yeah. and rot. We 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 have heat waves really. Um, we we seldom have a wet vintage that spoils spoils it for us. So, you know, to go to 2007 was was standout. Um, but go forward, I would say the 2009 was a was a very good vintage. Um, 10 was great, and then we had a kind of a flurry of great vintages. You know, right up to 13, and including 13 were really good. 14 was a big vintage. It's almost as if the vineyards made up for a good few years of lower crop, and then they just popped it out. And 14, we got bigger vintages and warmer vintage. Um, 15 exceptional. It's kind of one of those best in the decade, possibly mm -hmm. even better. 16, the industry, to my, my opinion, we didn't downplay, but it was just slightly 
hushed and um, but coming uh, now that we kind of get into the end of the 16 that's being recognized as a very good vintage and then 17 is, is similar to 15 it's going to be so far in our experience um, kind of very very good vintage again so I'd say just off the cuff it'd be 9, 15, 17 and 18 which we're busy working with in the cellar right now and getting ready for bottling looks to be a standout as well wow I think 16 has great potential in this Cabernet here I just think that it just needs, I say five years it'll, yeah. it'll yeah. be, it'll, it'll get there and then maybe 10 it'll be ready. Our, our, our Cabernet and our Rabelais, which is a Bordeaux based red blend up. Hopefully that's going to be available for a little squig. Yeah, we can, we can run inside. A little, and pin, a little yeah. pinch. Absolutely. Yeah. But those, the Bordeaux varieties, generally you need two years before you price it, two to three years. Mm -hmm. At a minimal. But then once again, the market's. So the market's going to want the wine and you okay. can't hold back too much. Okay, so speak to this also. As a winemaker, you know you've, you've made a great wine, and it's, it, and it's, but it's still in barrel, or you just crush the grapes and it's going through from, after fermentation and you're tasting it. You know it's a great wine. How do you, what signals do you get from the wine that says that this is going to be an exceptional uh, wine once it ages properly? What's some keys to that? There's, you know, that's, it's tricky to pick that up very early in the wine's life. Um, you know, I would say after the first 12 months, um, it becomes obvious. And even earlier, you could look at six months into the production, you get um, very pure fruit, uh, fruit according to the varietal mm -hmm. descriptor almost, and fine tannins. Mm -hmm. So you don't have this, um, this big mouth coating puckering. You get almost a very fine sensation of tannin. Um, and, and, and good color up front okay. and I wouldn't say a leanness you don't want that almost fat plush over ripe you want a kind of a very focused lean expression of fruit aromatics flavors um, and when that's a when it's almost sharp mm -hmm. a fine expression of that I think you've got almost a, that good balance of, and then you kind of get that gut feel yeah it's like, but then it's 18 months later the proof's in the pudding yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's when we do the bottling so all mm -hmm. of these all our reds will be 18 months in oak mm -hmm. and then with our cabernet um sometimes you're surprised you know you up front the 15 was great but then then it can take three years later before you realize you know you're only getting to know these vineyards now and it's mm -hmm. 20 years down the road and you still are learning so I try not to get ahead of the game and put my foot in it sometimes. Okay, once again, you're listening to the uh, Minority Wine Report podcast, Wine in Black and White. And we'll be right back after one more short break. Okay, we're back with the winemaker from Talima, uh, Rudy, and he's going to uh, uh, give us a little understanding or explanation of a wine that I've never had before. Right, we've got the 2015 uh, Rabelais. So, so this is a this is a very limited production wine, um, and I don't don't know if it's in the U.S. market at the moment. But it's it's a wine that originated from a a premium blend we used to make for an auction uh, annually, the Cape Winemakers Guild. And um, so what we do here with this wine, it's a it's a, a blend um, of the best barrels of the vintage. So we we got to a point in our viticulture where we have an aerial map of our whole property and we've identified using aerial photography which are the best components or portions of a vineyard and those we map it out and we actually harvest according to this map and we, so we pick out the best portions of the vineyard 
Um, the best oak gets used on that and 18 months later we play around with a blend of, in this case it's a 90% Cabernet, 10% Petit Verdot blend, um, hand selected, uh, virtually all new French oak, um, the, the ultimate expression from, from our property. So, are you uh, are you guys trying to? Um, I haven't had it yet. Are you trying to make it compete with some of the big boys, uh, the top five guys that's over in our France? Is that one of the goals well, of this one? Yeah, I think I think um, uh, to not obviously we're trying to compete. It's it's just this is our best expression, and you know we've got soil and terroir as good as anybody. Um, we've got access to the same oak, same production methods. It's um oh. yeah, so so we'd like to think this is our the best we do and obviously you, you always strive to, to improve on what you're doing. But yeah this is this is our our, our offering top offering which we're very happy with. I'm I'm very happy with it right now myself. <laughs> oh, okay. Pull the case off. So this is currently 2015. And, so, and, and what's the blend on the 2015 here? Uh, this is Cabernet Sauvignon, 90%. Uh, Cabernet, uh-huh. And uh, Petit Verdot with 10% Petit you And the oak treatment on this is? So this is this is 18 months again, um, pretty much all new wood. So 18 months. 100%. So these are what we what we generally do. Every single barrel in the winery, of which we've got about 1,500 barrels, would get sniffed, tasted, and assessed. And um, out of that, we pick the top 24 barrels um, for the blend. Interesting um, that I mentioned earlier when we took our drive that we had that devastating fire in 2016. Mm -hmm. Now the one component, the cab block that makes this wine, we've lost the whole vineyard, so we didn't produce this wine in 2016. Um, so we'll be from here the next release 2017 again. And it, it, you know, it'll only be made in, in, in the vintage has to be really good. Mm -hmm. If you have an inferior vintage, you probably won't produce this wine. Yeah. Um, very nice wine. Good. It's very complex, it has good depth to it. Uh, really, um, I like the tannin structure on the back end. Yeah. And if that holds up throughout the wine, I think it'll, the wine will Aged beautifully. I mean, it's got good acidity also in it. Yeah. And yeah, if you come back to the question where you asked me, how do I know when we are on something good? I think okay. it's pretty much what yeah. you've just summed up. It's mm -hmm. the acidity. There's a tannin that's kind of at the back of your palate, mm -hmm. but firm. It's tight yeah. tannins. So yeah, that's. How much of this do you make? This one, we probably produce about five thousand bottles. Mm -hmm. And obviously, with our you know, as the vineyards, um, we strive to to make more of it because uh, the goal is to increase the quality all the time. So. And what would be a retail price for this in South Africa? This is currently about six hundred. Uh, well, sorry, our farm price trade price is uh, off the property six hundred rand. What's that in US? Forty-five. You're giving us away. Uh, You're giving it away. I'm telling you, I've tasted a lot of really good Napa Valley Cabernets. Forget, you know, this, to make this into, if you get into the trade, you, you know, 
Um, retail in South Africa. No, that's what I mean. If you so, if this was in America, what would it probably retail out for? That's what I was well, kind of getting to. If, if, if we're getting the price points, I mean, this 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 should be in my opinion a hundred dollar bottle. I I, I I totally agree with that. I totally yeah. agree. Yes, and I would not give it away for anything less than that. Yeah, myself, because once you do that. People start thinking it's an inferior wine, and this is, hey, people, this is an outstanding bottle of really yeah. good juice. So I would, I would maintain, if you could, I know there's a lot of politics that goes into Cape Classic and, you know, and how you, how you move, you know, dominoes around or whatever. Yeah. I understand that, but I think it's, um, I think it's well worth a hundred bucks. You couldn't get it in, you couldn't get it in America from Napa Valley for under hundred. I tell you, that'd probably be about one twenty-five to one fifty, and honestly. Yeah. As far as in the retail stores. Okay, if you'd like to, we can uh, move on. And you can tell us about a little bit of the project that you got going on. Yeah, so uh, the second little flight we're going to do are some of my personal ones. So in 2002, Charles Webb, the managing director of Panema, uh, was kind enough to allow me to embark on my own little side venture. And so what I've done is, since 2002, I've been buying small parcels of vineyards from a winery in Stellenbosch, or from a producer in Stellenbosch. Um, very different climate to where we are now. We, we, we Stellenbosch, Talim is on a decomposed granite mountainside in the street. Um, two of these, the red wines, the Cabernet and the Syrah, both come from essentially dry riverbeds, gravel, sand, no irrigation, pretty deprived soils. And then the Chenin Blanc is, is also a uh, Would it be similar wine. to soils that's in the Swartland where they're more, it would definitely be more Swartland than Stellenbosch. Okay. Um, and I've got a Chenier which is planted 65, so this is quite a, quite an interesting old wine. Um, so yeah, let's get on to that. Um, and yeah, the range of wines is, uh, the labels have, have changed slightly. And, um, and so what is the name of your, uh, your la the label so, you use on so, your so, wines? So, in the US, I've been trading, or my wine's been going in since 2002 vintage. Oh, really? Okay. Um, and, and they've done exceptionally well. You know, they've, the the Syrah, for example, has consistently been 90 points plus. I don't think I've ever had one under 90 points. Um, so the first wine that I got there is a Chenin Blanc. Now, now this is a bit of a giveaway. My big second passion in life is surfing. Oh, so, I thought you. I, I thought you. I thought you was. I thought you was. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought you was maybe a rugby player. I said, Peter, he looks like he might have played rugby back in the day. No, I did. I had a bit of that, and uh, probably not good for the body. But um, yeah, so Miles and I actually went to primary school together, and um, we've grown up in the same town, and he moved to Cape Town. So you've come across a lot of the winemakers and the guys in the industry are ocean related. We 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 have. You know, I've been surfing for okay. 35 years now, maybe even longer. Okay, so where, just so, real quick, where, where's the closest place you can go from Stellenbosch to surf? Probably about 20 kilometers south. Oh, yeah. oh, so, oh, okay. so from my house, six kilometers. Oh, okay. okay. And, um, where is uh, it? So I'm in Somerset West. Somerset so we just go down to Strand and head around to Gordon's Bay, Cool Bay. Yeah. Okay. So this, this is a, an old vineyard of Shannon. Barrel fermented old wood, it's no new oak on this. This is really a, uh, you know, this is a venue that got to 8, 19 belling, it wouldn't ripen more, it's extremely old. Um, it's just purity, it's got a quince kind of. Fruit. Yeah, the quince um, is really prevalent, it's, yeah. It's very typical of old vine, Shannon. So sometimes I get the quince and sometimes I get like a honeysuckle, or it just depends. Yeah, the previous vintage is a honeysuckle driven mm -hmm. kind of wine. 
Although on the back pellet here, I'm getting a bit of that as well. I mean, Quince honeysuckle is kind of coming back at me. Okay. okay. Um, it's got a very, very fresh acidity. That's all natural. Um, due to the fact that it doesn't get too ripe anymore, I mean, these vines are really old and a good few of them, if you walk down a row, I mean, every third or fourth vine is not going to make it. So it's a kind of a salvage project almost. And how old are the vines? These vines were planted in 65. <coughs> okay. So that is what, 54 years old. And uh, in oak treatment, and this is getting... This is all old barrels. Old so barrels, barrels, just neutral, neutral oak. Neutral oak, uh, okay. neutral barrels. Yes. <coughs> uh, I don't really want any oak coming through. Really uh, pleasant wine. So export to and, you, and you've been making this for how long? This is only the Please. second vintage. Only your second vintage, yeah. okay. So the, the access to this vineyard wasn't always there. So mm -hmm. you almost need to get in the queue. Get your hands in these old vines. Warm now. But the true flavors. Yeah, it's pretty uh, clear. This is small production, right? 3,000 bottles. And this is in the US, you say? No. Oh, I'm it's not. Oh, you're um, working on it? Yeah, yeah. So currently, Cape Classics um, have been selling my, my Syrah, really short Syrah. I've done a rebrand. So, pretty much just to explain these labels, these are. Skeleton Bay is up in Namibia. It's a, it's a the lo longest lift and You've been in Namibia? You've been to Namibia? Namibia. No, no, no. Haven't been? Okay. Dry is coastline, west coast of okay. Africa. So and these are all you riding the waves kind of deal, not right? Me, but I mean, I mean all, but yeah. These are all iconic uh, wave mm -hmm. spots in, oh, okay. in Africa. Okay. And the Pepper Street is, is literally the, uh, the address or the name of the road that stops right in front of the best right hand break in, in Africa. All right, let's get the pepper sweet a, 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 a little. Hold on a second. Yeah. You got a glass right So this is a 2017 vintage. This gets um, about 5% whole bunch. Mm -hmm. okay. I'm going to <laughs> So I, I'm a big fan of Rhone wines. Um, okay. From Are you, Rhone the Northern Rhone? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And um, so I enjoy that savory. Peppery, mm -hmm. <coughs> gamey, meaty, yeah, 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 yeah. comes through. Oh, yeah. Any, um, any Viognier splash? No, 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 no not in this one. Um, I kind of, I really like working with whole bunches and stalks, mm -hmm. and you get a, you get a peppery savoriness from that um, spiciness that. Now our problems are. Oh, this is lovely. Viognier, right? Wow. is very different. <laughs> this is very northern. Own. This is, this is almost like. Um, to me, Saint Joseph, um, uh, Hermitage, yeah, very nice wine, yeah, absolutely. You haven't been there yet. We'll go there at some point. Okay, beautiful. That's place. the Rhone Valley of France. It's really cool. Super <laughs> steep <place>. Yeah, <laughs> one side. Super steep. <laughs> okay, so yeah. 2007. Oh, 2017. Yeah, that. Now, is this the second vintage of this? Awesome. No, no, no. This is well. 2002 was the maiden vintage. <coughs> mm-hmm. And. Um, it's been it's been selling in the U.S. very well. It's okay, fine. Fine. I'm gonna and uh, what's what's a, like a price point in the U.S. on this one? This um, I'm, I'm seeing it currently at about 32 U.S. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna look for it. Uh, I think it's a fantastic wine. Yeah, it's a good expression of the of the Rhone Valley. Yeah. And the last one is a Cabernet Sauvignon. Has a spattering of pity in it as well. 
This is a 2016 from the same property. These are both single vineyard wines. Same. So the um, the sir, the previous one, that that doesn't get uh, well. It's a little bit of new oak, but I mean it's a it's a drop. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. The cabinet, I put in a, a bit more new oak into the cabinet. But you leave it in oak, you, in, in neutral or whatever for how long now? That's eighteen months. Eighteen yeah. months, yeah. Now with Cabernet, it's interesting, this property also has um, some eucalyptus trees. The bottom. And um, some vintages we get a, a subtle little mint eucalyptus nose in it. So the names on the three bottles, Skeleton Bay, Pepper Street, and Dungeness, these dungeons, these are all sites? Yeah, so they, they're, they're currently um, worldwide recognized waves, surfing, surfing waves. Yeah. Oh, so if I was in the surfing game, I would know. Okay, yeah, I got so, you. Okay. So, so the guys who follow you. Surfing in America, they've got, they've got Mavericks, okay. which mm -hmm. is um, Southern California. Oh, I, I know. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've seen the movie. Yeah, yeah I've exactly. seen the movie on that's that. A, that's yeah. a cool web. Mavericks. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got the equivalent called Dungeons of, of Cape Point. That's right, yeah. That's right, the Red Bull. That's right, yeah, Red Bull. Remember, he's on podcast right now. But, um, yeah, chipping again. I know, chipping. Okay, yeah. Okay, so uh, tell us a little, little bit about your Cabernet. Yeah. yeah, so this is a very small vineyard, um, same property where the syrup comes from. And currently, I'm, 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 it's also old vines, and I'm buying the whole, the, what's, what's coming out of that vineyard all comes to me. Um, I hope to keep going with it in the future, not have to compete with other buyers. But um, yeah, this is, I'm really happy with this one as well. It's. Uh, the first vintage on this was 2013, and um, serious wine, but it's still rewarding it in its infancy. I mean, it's still 2016 vintage. Yeah, go ahead. Why don't you make your wine from this estate, and why do you have to go to Tallinn? Well, um, because Tallinn obviously it's a family business, yeah. and uh, they they use every berry that gets produced, gets made, and, and put into their branding. So I would, it's always been the case, and, and the, the other a few winemakers that do, do what I do, yeah. where you work for and you have an employer, but you're allowed to produce something on your side. Okay. All of those guys would be buying in from other vineyards. Uh, you don't want, you know, you don't want to be clash of interests at yeah, all. No. And stylistically, these wines are extremely different. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. the terroir, the substance of the wines, the origins are very different. So. Um, it's easier and it's, it's a better principle. So as we go back to this, 100% um, cab or what are we dealing with no, here? There's, there's a bit of yeah. fever down there, yes. which yeah, is my okay. magic yeah. kind of ingredient. Okay, yeah, fever. Yeah. I mean, because it adds some color and some also well, depth to well, it a it's, little it's, bit. It's, yes. it's a savory spiciness. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah. this, this is a, Penny Bidet has a lot of violet, violet pencil yeah. shade yeah. and pencil kind of uh, notes. And... Um, that just lifts the wine. They all actually made here. I, I bring yeah. all the grapes, so I the grapes. No, he meant are they available for purchase? Yes, um, they are. Um, 
directly from me basically yeah. I'm, I'm i'm not a great marketer okay. <laughs> i would like Good to get, i would like to get on his mailing list i think the wines are fantastic yeah. i really do yeah 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 i've got a little distributing cape town Joburg and durban and um, that, that does stocks restaurants and stores but he just is to send me an email but all right all right rudy uh fantastic conversation Really good wines. I can see why you've been employed here for 20 plus, 20 years, coming up on your 20 year anniversary, as you do a very good job. And the wines are fantastic. And America, I would I would suggest that if you get a chance, you should uh, go to one of your local retailers and see if you can find a bottle of Telema. Or uh, what's the pepper, it's the, uh, it's the Pepper Ridge from, uh, it's the Pepper Ridge Syrah 2017. It's currently in the market and it's outstanding also. Cheers, and you're listening to the Minority Wine Report with Wine in Black and White.